Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. Good morning. It's so good to be here with you guys at Hope today. Those of you guys who are watching online, thank you for joining us. Those that are going to be joining on the patio out there as well, um, I'm stoked to be here. My name is Danny, and uh, it's good to be with the Hope family today. And yesterday, we got to be at the Stoke Out, which was amazing, amazing, amazing. Giselle, shout out to Giselle, you guys. Give it up for Giselle. She ran that event. That was the smoothest Stoke Out. We gave away 350 pairs of shoes. Well, we will by the end of this week, but but yeah, just insane, amazing, and it was so smooth, and everybody, you know, it's it's biblical, right? You want to get stoked? Stoke someone else out. That's how you get stoked, right? Uh, Jesus said it's better to give than receive. Well, it's good to be here with you guys. I almost want to say be back with you guys because I haven't been here as much lately, but in the words of LL Cool J, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm not leaving. We love you guys. We're part of Hope, and we are stoked to be part of the family. Also stoked to have such an awesome team here. What, a, what an amazing team that we can come together and serve together and that God would, uh, would allow us to, uh, you, you guys to share us with the Coastlands and jump into the Coastlands family, building a relationship there every single week since July. People have been receiving Jesus at the coastlands. It's so exciting to see God is doing something new in our county in this partnership together that we get to live out. So today we're kicking off this new series, Presence in Scotts Valley, in Aptos, right here in Soquel. And then we're doing Stoke Out. So we did Stoke Out yesterday for all the Live Oak schools. It started with Del Mar, then it became Live Oak and Green Acres. And then this is our first year expanding that out where we're adding Mar Vista just down the street, right across from the coastlands. Isn't that cool? Next year, Lord willing, we're just praying that we'll be able to do this, add an elementary school in Scotts Valley and possibly one in Watsonville. Because our prayer is that, the vi- wouldn't that be cool, exciting? The vision would be, not, not just us, but that every school in Santa Cruz County would have at least one church adopting them. Not just giving gifts, but let's adopt, let's, Let's be called to serve our, in our local community. A lot of critics right now about the public schools and all this stuff. You know what? Let's not do that. Let's, let's get involved. Let's show the love of Jesus at a local level. Be the gospel. Amen? Well, I'm excited to be here with you guys. Um, man, you guys ever have just a moment where you just need God? You ever had that moment? Maybe it's today. Maybe you felt that before. Um, f- so for me, the week of Thanksgiving was just a couple weeks ago. Our plan was to go visit my parents and my sister and brother-in-law and family, and I haven't seen them in two years because of COVID. My parents are uh, not not in a place where we want to get them sick, you know what I'm saying? And so we've been really careful, and I tried planning a trip in August, and then I got COVID, and uh, if you remember that, and then um, we tried planning another trip, and that got canceled, and then we tried planning our Thanksgiving with them, and the night before, my dad calls me and says he has a cough. 
And so we canceled our trip. So we're going to be going in February now. But I'm like super bummed out, right? And I'm just like, oh, I want to see my parents. Like there's just that like, you know, that, that, like, that it just like feels like somebody punched you in the gut. And that's how I feel. And so like not the smartest idea, we decided to go to Home Depot. And it just happened to be one of those days where like there's just hundreds of people in Home Depot and they just unleashed all the Christmas stuff. And the aisles are about that wide because there's so much Christmas stuff that they want to sell. You can't even get a cart through there. And I'm in there and somehow like, okay, so here's the deal. Like we used to have the old school big bulbs. You know what I'm talking about? The different color big bulbs where there's like a rogue blinker purple one. You know what I'm saying? Just like super like 1970s Griswold Christmas. And... Uh, but, like, it uses a lot of electricity. So last year, I decided I'm going to change it up. And so I went I got all white. And according to my wife, they suck the joy out of Christmas. She doesn't like the white bulbs. We have opinions, strong opinions in our family. You know what I'm saying? I love my wife. She's awesome. So like a good husband, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go compromise. I'm going to go buy the LED big bulbs. I'm going to go. And so I go in there, and it's, it's like a war zone in Home Depot. The presence of God is nowhere to be found. And I'm cruising through, and people are, like, bumping into my cart. Somehow my family, like, ditches me, and I'm in the, the light aisle. And there's, like, they have every kind of light, but the one kind of light I want is totally sold out. Totally bummed. And so I go to the guy, and I'm like, hey, I'm just, I'm just trying to see if you guys have any more of these, uh, you know, the old school big bulbs, but the LED, you know, the new, new school, old school thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, let me, you know, I'll go, I'll go get a box of those. We have more. So he takes off, and I'm sitting there just feeling, feeling like bummed. You know what I'm saying? Just like not in my, I'm just having an off day. I'm like, I, I should be in Seattle right now visiting my parents. I'm super bummed, and I'm, now I'm in Home Depot. They don't have the lights, whatever. I'm, and so, and, um, and there's, meanwhile, there's just people crowding me. You know what I'm saying? You like that feeling, especially like after COVID, like we're all a little sensitive to like the social distancing thing now. Like, is anyone here like kind of good with the six feet? Like, I'm okay with that. I'm like, I'm good with that. But, like, there's no, it's not happening. And so I'm getting crowded in here. I'm waiting for this guy. And it's, like, it's like been, like, 10 minutes. And he comes back. He rolls up with the box. And there's all these other people around. He takes the, three, the four rolls of the, the lights, and he tosses them down in the aisle. And before I go to grab them, this mom says to her kids, go get the lights. She sends her kids. I've been standing there for 10 minutes. Mama knows that if she goes, I'm going to block her. But I'm not going to block her kids, so she sends her kids in. Mom sends the kids. They go and they grab the lights. I've been waiting for 10 minutes, and they bolt. Totally happened. And it's just like that moment where you're like, oh, God, don't let me freak out. Because, like, it, I, isn't it so good that we have God in our lives? Because without Jesus, like, that moment would have gone so poorly for me. I would have reacted, my wife would tell you that I have this, I, you know, we can react sometimes to negative circumstances. And I, I was just like, deep breath, <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> and I was thankful for the presence of God in that moment. Aren't you thankful that God's presence is with us everywhere? Even in the, even in the most godless places, <laughs> we can experience the presence of God. And that's what this series is about, you guys, is that for many, Christmas is all about presence, Right? But for followers of Jesus, Christmas represents his presence here on earth and among us. Emmanuel, God with us. His presence is a gift. I would say the greatest gift 
but it's not without a cost. And this is kind of different than your, your typical Christmas series because we're going to be talking about this cost a little bit. The story of the presence of God on earth is one of death and rebirth. The death of a Savior so that all could be free. Dying to our own selfishness, right? There's that death to my selfishness so that I can experience the rebirth and the life in his kingdom in us. Amen? Because then, then we have the opportunity to share that greatest gift too. And we're going to be talking about that today and, and, and just kind of unwrapping this cost of the gift. And so, um, like I said, not the most normal Christmas message. Most normal Christmas messages start with the birth of Jesus. And this one, we're going to start right after his death. If you guys have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. This is the Great Commission. Do you want to know what the mission of the church is? This is the Great Commission. This is Jesus saying, hey, this is what I want you to do, right? And so check this out. Jesus came to them. He died on the cross. He rose from the grave. And it's his final, like, moment with his disciples before he ascends to be with the Father in heaven, okay? Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, okay? That's a, this is another message, but if we're not making disciples, are we disciples? Question. Okay. We'll come back to the passage here. Baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the uh, Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And get this, this is the what I want to focus on here. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You ever thought about how weird this is? I'm just, have you, I'm, I don't know, I remember like being like 16 reading this and going, okay, Jesus is saying I'm with you till the end of the age, but I'm leaving peace. You ever think about that? It's kind of weird. Go, here's the message. Here's the mission. I'm with you always till the end of the age. I'll see you later. (laughs) What's that all about? For thousands, we were created for the presence of God. We'll come back to that in a moment. We were created for the presence of God. If you go to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis and you read Adam and Eve, humanity is walking with God in the cool of the garden. We were created for that. Something went wrong, right? The choice. You have all these things to choose from, but the one thing, don't choose that. And we chose that, right? Adam and Eve chose of the, to eat of the tree. And that sin, that, that choice to go away from God, to do it my own way, instead of loving God, I'm going to disobey God. That choice brought about sin into the world. And it separated the relationship. Immediately there's separation. And then it, then it snowballs from there. And Jesus came to completely change everything about how we relate to God, to restore us back to that presence of God that we were made for in the Bible. 700 years, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture today, a Christmas passage, but we're going to go back a little bit in depth on it, okay? This is from Isaiah 7. You guys ever heard the, the passage about Emmanuel? It's speaking of Jesus. He'll be born of a virgin. His name will be Emmanuel, which means God with us. You guys ever heard that passage before? Maybe you've heard the word Emmanuel. Well, this is where it comes from. And it's not actually the nicest prophecy. And so we're going to look at this together. Check this out. And uh, if you guys want to turn your Bibles to Isaiah 
chapter 7. I'm going to give you a little background here. This is 7, hi Cherry, good to see you. 700 years before the birth of Jesus, okay, 700 years. Isaiah is like legit, okay, if you want to talk about old school, Old Testament prophets, this guy is nailing it. He described in detail the life of Jesus, the Messiah, hundreds of years before he came to the earth, okay? One of the amazing, just miraculous um, proofs, in my mind, or, or, or testaments uh, to, to Jesus being the Messiah is this Isaiah, the prophet. And it's during kind of a, a gnarly time. Like, the kingdom is divided. God's people were fractured. They were not following God. It's not going well. The land was divided into two kingdoms, Israel and Judah. Pekah, the king of Israel, he's famous for inventing the game Peekaboo. Just kidding. Um, his name's Pekah. He sounds like a Pikachu or something. Sounds like a Pokemon character. Pekah, the king of Israel, he allied with Rezin of Aram. Now, this is Syria and later would become part of the Assyrian Empire. Uh, so the king of Israel, Pekah, is, is like broing down with Rezin, and he's coming against Ahaz, the king of Judah. And they're locked in this desperate conflict. The prophet Isaiah came to Ahaz to give him counsel from God, right? This is like, this is the guy who's been spending time in the presence of God. He's having visions and dreams and prophecies. Like this guy is like close to to the Lord, and what does Ahaz do? Ahaz do? He mocks him. He quotes the prophet Joel, but if you read into it, read behind it, basically he rejects his counsel. So as a result, Isaiah gives him this prophecy, okay? We're going to read it from Isaiah 7, 13 through 17, okay? You guys understand the background of that now? So he, he just rejected the word of the Lord. Like basically, Isaiah is coming to him saying, hey, it's going to be okay, and he basically just mocks him. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you, tr will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. For the, before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. The Lord will bring on you and your people and on the house of Judah, house, house of your father, a time unlike any since Ephraim broke away from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria. Not a very fun prophecy. This is like not what, not what you want to hear from the Lord, right? But within this prophecy, there's this promise and hope. The word foretold the sign that God would destroy the temple system of worship forever, that, that this, this monarchy of kings would be, would be destroyed, and in its place, a, new, a birth of a new covenant that welcomes all men and women into his kingdom through his son Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. The sign of the virgin birth and the symbol of, of Emmanuel was the symbol of an old way dying and the birth of a new covenant. 
there's a radical relocation of God. And I, this is something I've talked about to you guys before. And um, one of my, my mentors, who's not, no longer with us, Rick Cook, wrote a great book called Love, Acceptance, and Forgiveness. And then the Monday Morning Church, highly recommended reading. And he talks about the radical relocation of God. And it's like there's this picture when you look into the Old Testament of God out there, right? And God actually meets his people um, and pr- provides a way for them to be made right and restored into relationship with God, right? And it's kind of weird. You think about, like, animal sacrifices, okay? I know there's kids here right now. And they're like, whoa, that's weird. Well, it's weird, right? It's like the animal would die. And <laughs> it's like, what's that all about? But it's actually pretty profound in that God is providing a way for us to be back into his presence, right? And for the people of Israel. And by the way, they were a shepherding people, Abraham, Isaac, even Moses, David. They were shepherds, right? And what did shepherds do? They raised animals, they skinned them, they butchered them, they sold them, they barbecued, right? They knew how to use those little cool barbecues. No, they didn't have, they didn't have the ones that we have, but they, they had wood fire barbecues back in the day. And um, so like, you know, Cole's Barbecue, you ride by there? You guys ever ride, drive by Cole's Barbecue? It smells really good, right? That's what the temple smelled like because that's what they did. That's what the, so God's giving them something that they already know how to do, to do, and as they do this, when they, when they barbecue, when they, when they kill the animal, um, they're, they're putting their sins on the animal, and then when the animal dies, it's like this, this, this uh, image, and it's actually the biblical word of atonement, okay? And so what atonement means is that like, it, it's in my place, right? And so this animal's dying, and I'm forgiven. And as that smoke rises up to heaven, I, I'm renewed in my relationship with God. But it's, this, it's still kind of this God out there, right? And if I, if I do this, and I can do that, and then God's inside the tabernacle. And in, in the Old Testament, um, in the days of Moses, God would lead the people through the wilderness with the tabernacle. And there would be a fire, and be, you know, it'd be this, this fire of sacrifices, and it'd be fire by night and smoke by day, and they would, follow, they would follow the presence of God. And what God is doing through Jesus is that Jesus becomes that perfect sacrifice, right? He gives his life, and he dies, and it's, it's in this death of a Savior that new life comes, and that that old way is gone. But the problem is there's still too many people walking around in the old way. And I think the last year tested this for us as Christians, right? That, and I think for a lot of people, we still have a view that if I go into church, that's where God is. And I have to do these things and do this stuff to atone for my sins. But then Jesus didn't have to die. Because the whole point of Jesus dying on the cross was so that we can be forgiven once and for all. And when he died on that cross in that moment when he said, it is finished, inside the temple, let me just explain, inside the temple. So if you wanted to be in the presence of God, you, you could not. Unless you were of the right tribe, of the right people, and you went through all the steps to become a priest, and you became the high priest, and once a year, you could go into what they called the Holy of Holies. And there was a big curtain. And even then, they, they believed that 
if you went into the presence of God and you had any sin in your life, you would die. A lot of death today, <laughs> is that gnarly? But that's what they thought. And so they would literally, to go into the Holy of Holies, they would tie a rope around their leg and a bell. And they'd walk in there and they want to make sure that little jingle, this is where they get the song Jingle Bells, just kidding. But they got the jingle bells, they got the bell going, and if the bell stopped, that meant the priest died. And the rope was there so they could pull you out so no one else would have to go into the presence of God. That's kind of gnarly, right? But when Jesus died and he said, it is finished, that curtain in the temple, which God never told him to build anyways, that was David's idea, remember? That curtain in the temple that separated the presence of God from the people was torn from top to bottom. When the earthquake hit and the, dark, and the lights went out, that curtain was torn so that we can experience the presence of God. And then how, now here we have Jesus. He's risen from the dead. The curtain's torn. People are still like in bewilderment. What's going on? And then he says, I'm with you till the end of the age. Peace. But he had told us something earlier in John 14, 15, 16. But he had said, it's better for you that I go so the Comforter, the Helper, the Holy Spirit can come. I would love to walk around with Jesus. But Jesus is saying, it's better for me to have the Holy Spirit. And so Acts chapter 2, you guys have your Bibles? Turn to Acts chapter 2 with me. Maybe the only church preaching Pentecost is part of the Christmas story, but this is cool. This is what I call the first candlelight service. Check this out. When Pentecost came, this is Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. Do you know the word wind is another word for spirit in the Hebrew language? Came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is the beginning of the church, this unstoppable force that God would use to spread this message through the whole world. And it's in this moment that the Holy Spirit came. And I don't know, when you read that, you're like, that's kind of weird. What does that mean? Well, if you, it, it is weird because we're from Santa Cruz in 2021. But if you were reading this in the first century and you were in the Jewish people, which is, is who Jesus came, Jesus was the Jewish Messiah, right? He came to them first. Um, but it's interesting, too, that in that town in Jerusalem, people from all around the world were there in their own languages. God, God was declaring the wonders of God when they spoke in other tongues. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't it be cool if, like, we could speak in English and people would understand each other in the church right now? But then, wouldn't that be cool? But that was the miracles, that God was speaking to people the wonders of God through these different languages. But the, the really powerful image here, what does the wind represent? It represents the, the Spirit. God's breathing over them collectively, right? And the fire, what does the fire represent? Where do we see fire in the Bible? Where did the old system begin? with Moses, right? And it started with the burning bush. Moses is in the wilderness, shepherding people. He's out, he's, he's part of the, he's a shepherd. He's out there in the wilderness. 
And God meets him on the mountain with a burning bush. And this fire represents the presence of God. I mean, so much so that he takes off his sandals. He believes he's on holy ground because he's in the presence of God. And then we see the fire represent the presence of God in the tabernacle and the temple. And now we have, instead of one fire in one place, on each person that's part of this new prophetic community called the church, every person has the presence of God resting in each of them. This is a powerful image because what it means is that for each of us, there's been this, God has a new address. He's not out there. He's not in the temple. I, I thank God that we have skate ramps in here because it reminds us that this is not the church. This is the church right here. The people of the presence of God. Yes, it's important that we gather together. I, I believe, and this is just a shout out to people that maybe are isolated still I believe that unless you're gathering with the church in some form or fashion, you're missing out on a huge part of your relationship with God. That's, that's key. But I don't define that as a building. I don't believe the Bible defines In fact, the whole point of it is God doesn't dwell in a building built by human hands. He has a new address. And turn to the person next to you and say, it's you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit according to 1 Corinthians you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the place in which God has chosen to dwell. Amen? This is the greatest gift you can receive today in this Christmas season, is His presence. And because of the cross, check this out, this is amazing. Because of the cross, God's presence is accessible. You have an all-access pass. You don't have to jump through all the hoops. You don't have to get it all right perfectly to be in God's presence. You could be at Home Depot. You could be driving a car. You could be um, out in the water surfing or on a hike in the hills. And God's presence is accessible. He's accessible to us. That's a big message that we've always had here at Hope is that God's love and His presence is accessible to you. You don't have to be perfect or have it all together. In fact, Jesus already did that for us, and he tore the, the curtain for us. And yes, God is holy, okay? He is like, a, the Bible describes him as a consuming fire. I think the greatest example I can give is the sun. If you don't have Jesus to shield for you, we'd be burned alive in the holiness of God. Yes. But because of Jesus, we have an all-access pass. I was in a band once, and we got to... We opened for P.O.D. You guys remember, remember P.O.D.? Which also stands for Payable on Death. Kind of a hardcore reggae, I don't even know what you call it, new rap, metal, reggae band. Um, and I, was, I remember hanging out backstage with Sonny from P.O.D. We're eating little sandwiches behind the, the Roxy in Hollywood. And, uh, you know, I had access to Sonny. I'm hanging out with Sonny. And in the same way, we have access to Jesus. We have access to the presence of the almighty creator of the universe. He wants to hear our prayers. He wants to hang out with us. He wants to spend time with us. Some of us didn't maybe have a dad that wanted to spend time with us. And we sometimes have a hard time believing that the God of the universe, our real father, wants to spend time with us. But he wants to be with you. You are worthy. You are worth his time. He loves you. He is stoked on you. He created you in his image, and just you being you is awesome. 
Isn't that cool? Because you're, you're, you're in the image, you're an image bearer of God. So cool. I got to keep going. His pre- because of Jesus, his presence is accessible. It's also portable. Anyone remember the old school call boxes on the freeway? I have a 65 Mustang that used to break down. All, it still breaks down all the time. I've had the same car my whole life, and somehow I still have it. And Like, it's, it's not running in my garage again. And uh, <laughs> it's just like a lifelong journey with this car. But, like, before cell phones, I didn't have a cell phone until I was, like, out of college and had a job, you know? All these kids that want a cell phone when they're 8 years old. Come on. I was, like, 20, okay? And, and it didn't even have the Internet on it. It was like, boop, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. And you call somebody, that's it. And uh, you didn't have text. We didn't even text. No texting. And somehow we survived. But remember, does anyone remember the call boxes? If you got stuck on the side of the road, anybody here? Like anyone under 30, like you don't even know what this is. It was a yellow box on the side of the road. And if you like got a flat tire, I remember like my, my tire exploding on PCH. That's like the Highway 1 in Southern California, PCH right by Malibu. And I'm stuck down there. I had to walk like a mile to the call box. You know, and then you get there and you're like, oh shoot, now I gotta walk back. I called AAA and uh and then I gotta walk back and then anyways, so it's a whole thing, right? And now we have this, right? We have the access. I have an app for AAA now, and they can locate me. And I just go boop and somebody shows up and changes my tire. You know, and it's I <laughs> I think these things can work against us too, right? in terms of being present, but it's a great picture of how God's presence is not only accessible, but it's portable. It goes with you everywhere you go, and you have access, like, you know, you can go in there. Any question you have now, you can type into Google, right? But, like, what if before Google, we we ask God? (laughs) Wouldn't that be cool? We have that access. We can ask God uh, before Google. Um, I love Isaiah our, our friend Isaiah gave a great prophecy in Isaiah 4. He said, Then the Lord will create over all Mount Zion, over, uh, over all of Mount Zion, the people of God, and over those who assemble there a cloud of smoke by day and a glow of flaming fire by night. Over everything the glory will be a canopy. It will be a shelter and a shade from the heat of the day and a refuge and a hiding place from the storm and rain. This was God's plan all along was for, for his people to be full of his powerful presence everywhere we go. Um, and sometimes we just need to be reminded of that, don't we? Like the other day, um, you know, we, Jenny and I, we've been, it, it's been busy. She's working full time. Both of our kids are back in school again. I have like four jobs technically. <laughs> and, uh, and we're just like running. And, and it was like Friday, Friday is kind of our sacred day because it's our only day off together. And we dropped the kids off, and it was super high tide, so we didn't go surfing. Like, what do you want to do? Let's go for a hike. And it was the coolest thing. We drove way back into Coralitas to a place I'd never been in all the years I've lived here. And there's this hike. It's like Santa Cruz Land Trust. And there's, like, no one around. And we're just walking. And you ever have, like, that moment where, like, you, you, you get away from the noise, and you realize how beautiful the silence is? And you could hear, like, the drops of dew that were collected on the trees just slowly dripping down into the forest and you could breathe that fresh air just being surrounded by trees and we're walking and we're hiking and it's just like 
can just tangibly feel the presence of God. And I think that we just need those moments. We need those times throughout the day to be reminded that he's with us all the time. Because if you're like me, I forget that God is with me, okay? Can I just be honest about that? I'm a pastor. I've been doing this for a while. I know Jesus, and I know God is with me. I know his Holy Spirit. I have access to his Holy Spirit. I've prayed for people and seen miraculous stuff happen, all this stuff. But then I walk through my day like I'm alone. A lot of times. You know what I'm saying? And it's like the old system. God's out there. I'm over here. I'm trying to atone for my sins. Trying to do good things so God will love me. And he's there all the time saying, hey, I love you. I'm with you. And so I have to just be reminded to be present because God is not bound by space and time, is he? Right? He, he, but he chooses to meet us here in this moment, in this place. He is with us. And we have to be here and now, too. And oftentimes, things like this can pull us away from this moment, right? There's a lot of things, and there's so many things that want to pull us away from this moment. There's a lot of noise. Amen? I went surfing last night. I just needed a little moment of peace, and I went out there, and it's sunset. It's beautiful, and there's these groms that I know from skate church, so I can't be mad at them, but this one kid, he just wouldn't stop talking. Dude, it was like so cool. I went to school. I threw a pencil at the teacher, and it was like so awesome. I was like, oh, oh, oh. just like in my ear the whole time. I'm like, dude. And there's a lot of noise, right? We all we experience it. There's just so much noise, more than ever before. You know, and you, you open your phone, you look on the news and the internet, and there's a lot of conflicting messages right now. And I think what the enemy wants to do is overwhelm us. He wants to confuse us. He wants to bring fear to rule us and take us away from the presence. But I believe we have an opportunity here. We have an opportunity to experience the presence of God in the midst of all the stuff we're going through, to find strength and to have j- real joy and to have real love for people, to share the gospel, to live out the gospel, to expand the kingdom of God ar- with the people in the sphere of influence that we have around us. Everyone has a sphere of influence. And when we lock into the presence of God, something, something goes down in the heavenlies. It happened yesterday at Del Mar School, man. So cool. We're there, and just the people of God, and it wasn't about preaching, but our, li- our people's lives were preaching. The presence of God was powerfully there, and people could feel it. They're walking through, and they're getting their shoes, and you could just feel the love of God in that place. Tangible, his presence of God. And I believe we need his presence of God. We need the presence to invade the darkness in the world we live in. Last point for you guys is this. The greatest gift you can give is his presence. Not only is his, gift, not only is his presence accessible and portable, but it's also transferable, just like a virus. Is that too soon? Too soon? Okay. Sorry. But in the same way that we can spread fear, we also have the power because God's put that fire in us. He's put a fire in us, and we can share that presence of God. It's transferable to others. Isn't that cool? And the cool thing about light is light always overcomes darkness. You walk into a dark room and you put on a light and darkness can't overcome the light. And so when we are locked into the presence of God, walking with his spirit alive in us, 
the darkness can't overcome that. It's like rock, paper, scissors. You know what I'm saying? Paper always overcomes rock. Always. Scissors always overcomes the paper. And when we have the presence of God in us, it always overwhelms the darkness. But we have to just take time. I think it's important that we, it comes down to just being present in the moment. Yesterday, I'm super, we had the stoke out, super busy. I, I wanted I didn't get my notes to Dustin for the message because I had a crazy week last week. And I'm stressed about that because I'm like, oh, I got to get that over because he's going to be worried. And I'm, you know, and I'm getting out of my car at my house and my neighbor's right there. And I could tell he wanted to talk. And it was like that, you know, I, I'm, like, maybe you're like me where you're, you're really good at, like, redirecting people, you know? <laughs> cool, good to see you, man. All right, later, bye. <laughs> but it was like that moment where I knew God was saying, talk to him. And so I'm just like, okay, deep breath. <sighs> and it was so cool because as I took that moment on the sidewalk in our street talking with my neighbor, he began to pour out his heart to me. And share what he's been going through and the grief and the loneliness and the pain. And it was like, if I had have just not been present with God in that moment, I would have totally missed this moment with my neighbor. But how many of you guys know that's what it's that's more important than my sermon sometimes, isn't it? God's gonna bring it together. But I think I have to go do this and I miss this guy. We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.